The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columns for StockEd. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Panther Metals. ASX code is PNT. Last traded at around 8.3 cents for a market cap of $6.5 million. So as Garen Perro always likes to point out, um, it's best to be looking at the, these junior explorers when they uh, don't have a blown capital base like some of them out there. And that's a function of Panther being a, a relatively uh, recently listed company. It's not because they haven't been kicking goals. So we've got uh, Daniel Tuffin, the MD and CEO, with us today to give us a, a feel for just uh, what the company has been up to at its uh, main flagship project, Coglia Nickel Cobalt uh, project in the Laverton region. About 70 kilometres southeast of Laverton. I'm always very careful how I pronounce that, being from Melbourne. We would rather say Laverton, but there you go. So, with that, I'll introduce, I'll say good day to Daniel. Good day, Daniel. Thanks uh, for coming on to the program today. Yeah, good day, Barry. Thanks for having me. Uh, I mentioned uh, that you've been kicking some goals. Uh, Coglia, there's a, a maiden resource estimate and, importantly, some HPAL testing results. So, uh, why don't we start with the, the resource? Yeah, thanks, mate. So, since we last talked, not long after we listed, uh, I think we've been around for about 18 months now. Uh, we went out straight after listing and started drilling the Coglia Nickel Cobalt project, and we ended up with a 70.6 million tonne Nickel Cobalt resource. It's in obviously a pretty good area for Nickel Laterites with uh, Murrin Murrin nearby and the recent Alliance Nickel uh, Stellantos deals uh, going on. We're now out there looking to try and extend that resource. Uh, we're doing an extensional drill program. We're looking at doing 7,000 metres in probably two separate programs. And at this stage, we're looking at focusing on extensions in the central and southern areas. So we're hoping to sort of push that up to around about 90 to 100 million tonnes, uh, in which case, if you were to use, say, the recent um, uh, Alliance um, nickel work as a reference, we would be in that same ballpark, except rather than scattered around as satellite projects, it's all in the one spot. So it's certainly up there in uh, the WA scene, uh, excluding BHP, you'd be uh, top five, top six, something like that. But um, let's just talk about 70.6 million tonnes at quite a nice grade for a laterite project. Yeah, it is. And, and that's that, that grade's running at about you know, 0.9, but it, the cutoff we're using at the moment is 0.5%. We also applied that 0.5% cutoff to cobalt, and many people would have that quite lower. So we, whilst we can't use um, nickel equivalencies uh, for the ASX, uh, you know, we, we, we've put that flat line in there so that when we do discuss a nickel equivalency with people, we can say, look, you know, we're looking at uh, 70.6 million tonnes at um, a 0.85% um, to around about 0.9% nickel equivalency. And you're looking at nearly half a million metal, uh, nickel metal tonnes equivalent in the ground at the moment. Um, which if you throw a sort of back of the envelope somewhere around there, MPB wise, it's, it's, it's billions of dollars in the ground. Um, so we, we've sort of, um, we're in the unique position of being a junior that's uh, got a, a massive resource on its hands 
And for us, the, the real sort of challenge at this stage is trying to bridge the gap uh, between the, the large chip change between, you know, doing a two or three million dollar raise versus the next one possibly being 40 to 50 million. So we'll just keep drilling. And, um, you know, at this stage, we are, as you say, in, in that top five or six in the area for a nickel laterite. Um, if we can extend that above 100 million tonnes, then this turns into a world-class standalone asset. So, Daniel, what do you think the uh, disconnect is? We've got BHP telling us that uh, there are only two metals they're interested in, are nickel and copper, um, and you've got uh, more than half, well, with a, on a, copper, a nickel equivalent basis, more than half a, a million tonnes there. Uh, what's the disconnect with the uh, market cap then? Yeah, well, certainly with regards to BHP specifically, they're looking for sulphides. So their mandate is sulphide nickel only. And I think it's a little bit head in the sand um, from some of the bigger guys. Uh, you're seeing uh, companies like Ardea recently announcing their um, JV partnerships with some of the um, the Koreans and the, and the, the Asian parties uh, who are looking at coming in the KMP. It is you know, sulphides, but there's a vast majority of it that are laterites. And they're JVing those laterites. So um, some of the bigger companies sort of need to, to look at their mandates um, and then understand that if they don't move quickly, a really undervalued company like Panther with half a million nickel metal tons of quillion in the ground uh, will have to go elsewhere fairly quickly. Um, so they, they should really start trying to secure these sorts of resources at a lot earlier stage and and widen the widen the broaden broaden their view, sorry, because I, th I think, you know, laterite's still got a bit of a dirty name uh, and it, it may be in part because of the anaconda sort of stigma, but that's long since gone and, and Glencore has made a, a real amount of money out of uh, mining laterites and processing them at Murrin Murrin. So I think the other thing that affects Panther's uh, market cap at the moment is, you know, we're still viewed as a junior explorer, even though we've got such a massive resource on the ground and 18 months is not a lot of time to soak. So we're still getting out there in the market. We, we did an awful lot um, to start with. We, we lined up a lot of these drill programs prior to listing. We spent about 12 to 18 months prior to IPO, getting all our ducks in a row, um, you know, permits of works and all that sort of stuff in place. So when we did list on December 10, we were drilling December 13 at Poglia. Make a good point about the majors. I've noticed that um, they're starting to creep into, you're talking about nickel specifically, but in the iron ore space, the they're starting to put their foot on magnetite resources, which they've traditionally snubbed their nose at. But uh, looking for at the longer term, it will be the magnetite iron ore projects that will fill the gap as uh, Pilbara hematite ores run down. So you can see the same thing happening in nickel. I, I can. And, you know, you're looking at sovereign risk at the moment. People that are looking at uh, nickel laterites uh, are still looking at the cheaper stuff out of Indonesia. But that big word sovereign risk is there. And, You've got to be careful. There's ESG issues. Um, there's sovereign risk issues. Uh, you know, you start looking at some of these tier one mining provinces like Laverton, um, and and that's like companies like Stellantis looked into Alliance Nickel. You know, these these guys, are, are other companies and other government agencies are looking at getting in earlier. I mean, to to go back to your discussion on magnetite and the iron ore, uh, you always historically in the past went, wow, we must be in a real boom when people are starting to, to float <laughs> magnetite deposits again. But really, it's simply because they were viewed as too hard when you got the hematitic ore there that you can go and access. Well, that stuff's running out. And so is the sulfides. Um, you know, nickel sulfides, for example, um, we were getting from 40 metres, 50 metres deep, a 20 metres, you know, this thing runs at 20 to 25 metres thicker than rich nickel, running at, um, you know, 1.3% over that with, you know, one metre intercepts at 3.77%. Now, that sort of nickel intercept is 
you know, equivalent to a sulfide intercept, except a lot of those sulfide intercepts now are 180 to 200 meters deep. So yeah, the people are sort of starting to go, well, perhaps we should look at some of these laterites. And I know that overseas parties, governments and, and corporates certainly are. They don't have any um, any qualms in, in turning their attention to uh, tier ones. Um, there are the likes of uh, LG here in, just moved into West Perth to try and secure uh, these sort of deposits earlier. Um, and governments are either directly approaching partners themselves or are using their corporates to do so. To quote BHP again, part of the reason they want more nickel units, albeit in sulphides, is because of the uh, forecast dramatic surge in demand coming, which is largely being met by uh, laterite nickel sources out of uh, Indonesia um, and places like the Philippines. So there's a role for these laterite uh, nickel projects, obviously. Um, the, the question, of course, with high-pressure acid leach treatment is the capital cost, obviously beyond the reach of a company currently the size of Panther, but who knows who, which uh, uh, party you might bring in at some later stage, or there's always toll treatment options in that neck of the woods, I guess. Do you have a feel? Is it too early yet to... Do you have a standalone project or is it? Oh, I, I believe this is a standalone project and that's why we already did some recent HPAL testing just to just to prove the concept that we could either do it ourselves or cold treat. And and look, it's it's really early bench work stuff, but we got back an extraction rate of 92.6% for the nickel. And and that was before any beneficiation. So that means really for this, <laughs> this deposit appears to be as simple as strip it, dig it, screen it uh, for the Benny and then send it. So... It's quite a large operation. And again, you know, we can't talk too much in comparables um, outside of maybes at this stage. But if you have a look at the Alliance Nickel resource and their reserve in comparison to what we have, uh, they're looking at a, what is it, 25 to 30 year mine life based on what they've got there. Um, huge amounts of uh, billions of dollars in MPV. So yeah, I, I, think, I think we're sort of there as a standalone project. Um, but to sort of put that to bed we're doing this extensional drilling now, so that's undeniable. That goes to uh, extensional drilling, goes to uh, resource upside. Uh, did uh, I hear you say earlier that uh, sort of around 100 million tonne is an initial target? Yeah, I mean, that would be our sort of stretch target there. I, I don't think it would be too hard to hit. We do have a jork exploration target of 30 to 60 million tonnes in the south. So, you know, I mean, it is a jork exploration target. It may or may not be there, but you know, even if you just take 30 million on the downside, I mean, we're drilling that out now and, and the central target. Um, to the east and some of the northern targets as well. So we've got a few um, extra um, tons to add from that drilling. But just to go back to your sort of HPAL question as well, I mean, that's another reason why we're looking at other options to try and you know, cheapen the processing once this does become a standalone project or if it indeed does. Um, you know, so we're looking at heat leach now as well. Uh, we started that process. It's extremely early days, but there are... Other processes out there applied to nickel laterites that uh, have been getting historically 92% recovery. So if we're getting 92% recoveries from heat leaching uh, versus, you know, 92.6 from our bench work for HPL, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer there. But again, it's it's just the scale. It's just, it's really, really large scale. I just can't um, sort of emphasise that enough to people. This is a seven and a half kilometre long by, you know, on average, three to four kilometre wide resource. Um, as our um, geologist on site said, and excuse the Irish, but he said, um, it's huge. <laughs> it's, 
it's massive. And and so if we do look at doing either heat leach or HPL, the mining process, while rather simplified, it's going to require big gear. Seriously big gear. Just on uh, the heat leaching, is that done elsewhere in the world currently or is this a new emerging technology we're talking about? It is done elsewhere. As I said, there's been more on a trial basis, but I mean, even as close as Murrinmurrin in, uh, in the past has carried out heat leaching while they were fixing my HPL plant uh, in between the Anaconda and um, Glencore days, and they were getting decent extraction rates out of that. Uh, I know Alliance uh, to our west have a sort of a, a hybrid heat leach setup of sorts, and they're moving towards a DFS, as I understand, by the end of the year. So we'll be watching that very closely. Um, and, and to sort of go back on, on some of your original um, statements about what to do with this dirt, obviously toll treatment at Murren, um, stand alone ourselves with a, with a partner coming in, and, and that would require some serious cash. And or um, you could be looking at a potential feed for um, Alliance as well, or, or even down to BHP. Oh, fascinating stuff. Apart from uh, Cogdia, you've uh, I noticed red flag um, in an interesting part of the world. Uh, allows us to use the magical word Poseidon when it comes to nickel. Tell us about Red Flag. Yeah, Red Flag, unfortunately, is still a bit in its early stage. You're right. It's um, it's right next to the uh, famous Poseidon sulfide nickels um, of the, what was it? Late 60s. 60s, uh, 70s, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually 69. It went went off and skyrocketed. But, um, yeah, it's off the same ultramafic trend. Uh, we've got quite a fair amount of that trend, about five kilometres. that hasn't been tested. But the important part is, at the end of that trend where there's some intrusives, uh, there is a small little lease that Poseidon still have. Uh, they've they've kept that one and, and they intended to mine that in 2011. They had an NOI in. So we sort of know we've got something there. Uh, unfortunately for them, it's too small and too far away from, I assume anyway, Black Flag and, and um, you know, uh, sorry, not Black Flag, um, Black Swan, Gold Swan, Silver Swan. Um, so it's a bit stranded for them, but we're looking at getting that approved sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, um, the, in Western Australia, there was a decision by Warden Cleary called the Truthfeller decision that meant that pending uh, applications for uh, exploration licences uh, all had to be redone if they were critical, which these ones were, with um, five years worth of exploration budgeting and planning rather than the original two that everyone did. So we're just waiting for the, that to go through the regulations um, with, um, with the the DMP. So a potential sulfide leg to your story then? Yeah, exactly. And, and we still have got the um, the stuff to the north, Huglia. We've got all those leases running into the 40 mile camp area. And we, we've got potential for sulfides there as well, running off those ultramafic systems. They're known ultramafic systems. So, you know, a laterite has to originate from something. It's an enriched ultramafic, uh, generally speaking. In this case, it looks like it's probably serpentinite. We've still got a lot of work to do over a rather large area. We've got enough budget there to do what we're doing um, well and truly for Coglia uh, and 40 Mile, in fact, in the next year and a half or so. But, um, you know, my goal is to to try and advance Coglia towards mining studies sooner rather than later. Yeah, fair enough too. It's kind of ironic that if you were to put some holes in a red flag and hit, say, I don't know, five metres at 3% nickel, the stock would go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yet over at Coglia, you've got half a million tonnes of the stuff. You know, yeah, exactly. How much, how much do you need uh, to get a re-rate? All right, but that will come. All right, so now down to the, uh, well, north of Coglia, you've got this 40-mile uh, camp, sort of gold and nickel stretching over, well, prospective 
ground, striking over 40 kilometres, um, some advanced sort of gold prospects there. What's what's the story there? Because this is a lightly explored part of the greater Laverton region. Yeah, that's that's right. You're correct. So the, the total strike that we have of that particular ultramafic trend, you, you're right, it's about 40 kilometres. The area for 40-mile for, um, camp sort of lies dead bang in the middle of all of that. Um, and it's, it's sat in an area that's been a little bit difficult to get to. There's no real significance there. There is a breakaway nearby. But if you were to walk the ground, you'd, you'd see a bit of quartz, maybe a bit of pinkish colour, nothing really too fancy. But we did an auger program out there uh, prior to listing, and we came up with a, a rather large area. In fact, it's two and a half by five kilometres over the main area um, that, that returns some pretty decent anomalous gold and nickel um, geochemical responses. Uh, and that combined with the geophys sort of shows us that there's something weird happening out there. Um, there's a bit of a breakaway in a hill. Um, there's gold sort of, well, the gold and the nickel sort of seems to be shedding off that hill. Uh, and it looks like where those sort of ultramafic systems are, it sort of jogs around, um, does like a dilational jog, and there's all sorts of upthrusting going on out there. So you're right, it's a really early stage. Uh, we move on to that uh, immediately after Coglia. We've got some holes prepped over one of the areas to do a bit of light air core uh, and do some drilling for the first time out there. And I, I'm particularly excited about the project. I'm hopeful that you know what we think is there will pay off. But um, that's still really early stages. But that that would be uh, a sulphide, either gold or sulphide nickel. Any um, uh, particular prospects there that we should be looking out for when the drilling program comes up? I know. So the greater area at the moment is, like I said, two and a half by five k's. And what we've really got to do is uh, some exploration, so some air core fence um, work, just to try and zone in on some of these areas. And then we'll go in and do some RC and diamond. I mean. To the east, we also have um, one of the newer ones that came out of that study we did uh, last year, 40 mile camp east. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's another two and a half by 5k area, it's slightly deeper. It does look sexier um, than what we've got at 40 mile. But these things, these, these dilational jogs, these sort of breaks in the ultramafics, they have sort of like um, bends in a river that catch gold. Uh, you, you've got to have these things in system to catch the mineralization if there's any running along that system. And we know that system is mineralized because either end we've got the, the laterite sort of coming out of Coglia and to the north we've got ironstone and um, our uh, gold hits that we got, which were Bonanza hits last year at Birdville East. So it's all on the same system. Good uh, frontier stuff. Okay. So <clears throat> let's bring it all together, Daniel, and give uh, investors a bit of a feel for what they should be looking out for for the, uh, the rest of the year. And... Uh, what might be some signposts that uh, get this re-rating going on the back of, uh, well, the current resource of uh, more than 500,000 tonnes of nickel at uh, Coglia? Yeah, well, I'd point them to our presentation to start with. That's got uh, the swim graph there with all four of our uh, planned projects and, and developments for the next year. But first came off the rank is obviously this drilling at Coglia. Uh, the next step will be an MRE or an updated resource at Coglia that we're looking to try and hit, you know, that magical 100,000 tonne mark. And for Coglia, then potentially advanced to, well, certainly not um, a pre-fees, a bit early yet, but um, we'll look at a scoping study based off of any results from our uh, uh, HPAL and or heat leach met testing. Um, further to the north at uh, 40 Mile Camp, well, you know, that is very early stage stuff. If that's your thing, this could be, um, you know, I don't normally go looking for white elephants, but uh, this, this, this could be, the, this could be the, um, the giant in the room, the blue sky, uh, over a large area that's never been drilled before. 
Um, and then we're looking at obviously red flag with the nickel sulfides when that gets approved. We've got to do a little bit of drone survey over that trend, but um, we'll get in there and drill that as well as soon as we're able to. And uh, we might go back and revisit Burtville East. There's some lovely gold hits there and, and the work done by the, the boffins uh, in our team sort of suggests there's about half a kilometre to a kilometre worth of um, northwestern trend that we could go and put two or 3,000 metres into and perhaps look at expanding the, that particular resource, or not resource, sorry, that particular um, project. Um, you know, our last drilling there, we did 600 metres of RC and two tiny diamond holes. And apart from, you know, we were getting grades of a metre at 478 grams a tonne, which, you know, three or four years ago, we would have been 40 cents off that. Um, but we also found three uh, new loads out there from that drilling as well. So, yeah, there's a lot for us to do. We've got it all laid out um, pretty much in that order. And um, we'll look to try and continue to get busy on the ground and increase the value in, in, in a company that, as you so rightfully have pointed out several times, is well undervalued. and uh, Prime to uh, have a better uh, re-rate on its share price very soon. And I'll just mention that uh, cash-wise, you did have a rights issue in April, so you've uh, topped up the kitty to get uh, get cracking with it all. Yeah, that was really, really uh, encouraging. Uh, we actually had to take overs on that rights issue. Unfortunately, as you uh, mentioned early on, we were a very small, tightly held company with not a lot of shares, so we could only take about 300,000 over before we hit our capacity. Uh, so we, so it was, I think it was a 2.7 million raise. We, we, we got three. Uh, I needed one and a half to do the work at Coglia um, and, and 40 miles. So, you know, we're topped up. Uh, we don't have a lot of um, liquidity. It is trade by appointment. So I do suggest if you want to get in, you know, maybe look at um, either parceling or, or um, coming in with maybe a placement, small placement. Or, uh, or just keep an eye on the market and whenever there's an availability there, uh, hop in and buy up. Alrighty, Daniel, fascinating story. Uh, lots of excitement ahead and uh, all off a low base. So uh, be watching with interest. Good luck with it all. Yeah, thanks, Barry. Cheers very much, Mike. Cheers.